The United Nations says it's racist to support the energy industry in Canada. The Ontario NDP celebrate a terrorist. 63 Canadians are killed in a plane crash in Iran. And the media swoon over Justin Trudeau's beard, because I guess there's nothing else happening in the world. Plus, it's Thursday, so we'll do fake news of the week and a little pick-me-up story, because we really need one right now. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show. Hi everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. We have a lot to get to today, so let's get right to it. The United Nations put out a committee panel saying basically that Canada shouldn't be developing its own natural resources and shouldn't be building pipelines because, get this, it is racist. So this is over at TNC.news. The United Nations Committee on the Elimination of Racial Discrimination directed Canada to stop constructing three energy resource projects, including the Trans Mountain Expansion Pipeline. 18 members of the committee claimed that Canada did not get the proper consent from Indigenous groups to construct the pipeline, as well as the Site C Dam and the Coastal Gas Link Pipeline. This is all because they say that First Nation groups in Canada were not properly consulted, well, that couldn't be further from the truth. Over 100 First Nation groups were involved with talks with the federal government to secure the ownership of the TMX pipeline. And let's just be frank, the natural resource industry in Canada is the largest employer of Aboriginal and First Nations youth. In so many of the small towns in northern, northern parts of the country, individuals wouldn't even have the prospect of a job if it wasn't for the natural resources. So the fact that the United Nations is butting its head into Canada saying that it's supposedly racist, I guess they fixed all the other problems in the world. All the other issues, all the other problems in the entire world must have been fixed. Racism must not exist anymore if the United Nations is now focusing its attention on stopping pipelines because of supposed racism. I guess, I guess there's no more racism in the world. The United Nations is just wasting everyone's time and money with these kind of declarations. All right, let's move on. This is uh, from Brian Lilly over at the Toronto Sun. So, so as I've talked about on the show, as we've been reporting, there was a vigil held for the killed Iranian terrorist Qassam Soleimani in Toronto over the weekend outside the U.S. consulate. There were a lot of sort of regime loyalists who happened to be in Canada, basically fighting in support of the regime. There were also a lot of other just general anti-American groups, other groups that don't want America to be involved in the Middle East. Uh, and then, you know, there was a typical kind of anti-war protest and gatherers. It's one thing to be opposed to war, and it's one thing to be anti-war, which a lot of people on the left, like the NDP, are. This is different. Brian Lilly reports, he says that two NDP MPPs in Ontario were at this rally showing solidarity for a terrorist and that he was being mourned and honored. So these NDP officials, elected officials, were at this rally where people were holding up placards, holding up posters, celebrating terrorism and terrorist groups in the Middle East and in Iran. Shame on them. The NDP has absolutely no sense. You know, they're anti-war now that the Americans have gotten involved, but where were they? Where were they just a month ago when the Iranian regime was cracking down and they murdered more than 1,500 young Iranians who were protesting in the streets, peacefully protesting? Why weren't they anti-terrorism and anti-war then? They're only anti-war when the Americans are involved. Frankly, it's because they're anti-American, but this is so problematic that their worldview has placed them where they're actually in alignment and in an agreement with terrorist forces. This is repulsive and they should be kicked out of the NDP caucus as far as I'm concerned. 
concerned. Uh, they have a lot to explain to their constituents why they were at a rally supporting a terrorist, supporting a person who has waged war across the Middle East, like I said on the last show, responsible for hundreds of thousands of deaths. He was one of the primary drivers of the war in Syria, the civil war in Syria, the ongoing civil war that has killed hundreds of thousands of people, not to mention militias and terrorist groups destabilizing Yemen, Iraq, Afghanistan, Lebanon, Israel, you name it. Soleimani had his dirty fingerprints all over terrorism throughout the region. And again, just shame on the NDP. Andrea Horvath, NDP leader in Ontario, should kick these members out of her caucus and take a stand against terrorism in Canada. And another sad news, sad news coming out of Iran. A commercial airplane had crashed. The plane was going from Tehran to Ukraine. Many of the passengers on board were en route to Canada. So 63 Canadian citizens were on board and they were killed. You just never want to see news like this. It's just awful. So this is what we know so far about the crash of Ukraine International Airlines Flight 752. All 176 people on board the flight are dead, including 63 Canadians. And Iran being Iran, they're refusing to hand over the black box from the recovered wreckage to help try to understand what had gone on. So it was a Boeing 737-800, which is part of the same aircraft family, as a 737 MAX plane that has been grounded worldwide since March after two other plane crashes. And Canadian officials have issued their condolences and messages of support. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau tweeted the following, heartbreaking news from Tehran this morning. 176 people, including 63 Canadians, have lost their lives in a tragic plane crash. My thoughts are with those who are mourning the loss of family members, friends, and loved ones. So just really, really sad news. My heart goes out to the families of those who are, are were involved in the crash, those who lost their lives, and anyone affected by this. You just really hate to see this kind of stuff. There's so much, so much bad news happening in the world right now, but don't worry. Almost in unison, the Canadian media, the mainstream media, they all put out news stories about, you guessed it, Justin Trudeau's facial hair, his beard. It became tre a trending item on social media, on Twitter, and it's really remarkable. It was like one story after another after another of the mainstream media writing serious news stories about the prime minister's beard. The CBC has an article hair apparent, how Justin Trudeau's beard makes him look more like a dad, okay. Huffington Post, Justin Trudeau's beard is here and we need to talk about it. Vice, Justin Trudeau has a beard now, what does it mean? This is the worst one. Statesman, daddy, or dud, Justin Trudeau's new beard ignites social media. Okay, just a pro tip to all the fellow journalists and reporters out there. Just because someone on social media calls Justin Trudeau daddy doesn't mean that you have to actually report on it and you don't have to include it in the headline. This is just so disturbing, so creepy. You know, I've said this on Twitter, but I'll say it again. When Milo Yiannopoulos started calling Donald Trump daddy, it was creepy. It was weird and it was creepy. And so the mainstream media shouldn't follow Milo down that creepy path by starting to call Justin Trudeau daddy. Just stop. Just stop. It is creepy and nobody wants to hear it. Okay, it's Thursday, so I'm going to do fake news of the week. I mean, all those headlines I just read could have easily been the fake news story of the week for all the things that are happening in the world. You know, we're on the brink of war. Uh, Canadian troops may be being put in harm's way. The country is still divided. The economy is not doing very well. There are so many things that the media could talk about. There's a conservative leadership race in the mix. Instead of reporting on all those things, they report on Justin Trudeau's beard because they're all stupid. Uh, but I've got another fake news story of the week this week. This one comes to us courtesy of CTV News. So the headline says, 
experts say that climate change is driving up the risk of wildfires in Canada. It's a Canadian press story, and of course they find experts to tell them exactly what they already believe, which is that global warming is this huge threat to our way of life and that we just have to have more big government and more taxes and more regulations to kill our economy, to kill our industry, to raise more revenues for government because somehow that will absolve us all from the changing climate and we'll be able to turn down the dial or something like that. The media like to find environmental experts to tell us all about how climate change is destroying everything. But when it comes to the wildfires, both the ones in Alberta that were devastating last year and the current ones in Australia, they basically glaze over the fact that in both of these cases, there are arsonists that are actively being charged, actively being looked at, because they're the ones that are actually the cause of these wildfires. So I don't really understand how you can write an entire news article blaming forest fires on climate change and just omit the fact that, for instance, in Australia, 24 people have been charged with arson in relation to these ongoing forest fires. And they say that, sure, that the catastrophe of these wildfires are also contributed uh, by drought, extreme heat, but also individuals. So police have charged at least 24 people for intentionally starting the bushfires in the state of the New South Wales, according to a statement by New South Wales Police released on Monday. NSW police have taken legal action against 183 people, 40 of whom are juveniles, for fire-related offenses since November 8th, the statement said. The legal action ranges from cautions to criminal charges. So it's arson. These fires are being caused by arson. Again, this is very similar to the large wildfires that happened in Alberta, the RCMP determined that it was arson that caused those as well. This is from a Canadian press news story in October 2019. A wildfire that threatened remote communities in north central Alberta and torched 27,000 square kilometers of forest was deliberately set. RCMP and Alberta government investigators have determined that the McMillan Forest Fire was started as a result of arson. The wildfire began near the community of Wabasca on May 18th and grew to the point where it forced the evacuation of Wabasca and Peerless Trout First Nation. Again, you would think that all of this would be relevant in a story about what causes the forest fires, but no. But no, the mainstream media instead just say that it is climate change. Okay, maybe that's why nobody trusts mainstream media anymore. All right, it's that kind of day and I feel like we should end the podcast on a positive note. We need some kind of a pick-me-up here. So I found this video circulating on Twitter and I just absolutely love it. I have to share it. In the middle of winter on a cold, cold January day, this might be the pick-me-up that you need. So this was posted. It says, This 14-month-old was helping his dad shovel in Newfoundland after yesterday's 15 inches of snow when he glitched. So here he is, the little guy helping his dad shovel the driveway, shovel the snow, and that's when he just goes teetering over and dad just nonchalantly picks him right back up. I absolutely love this. I have a little boy that's about four months younger than this guy and I can't wait for him to start shoveling the driveway and start helping out around the house like this. This is adorable and just love it. Just love Canadians in the winter coming together, getting through the winter. All right, I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will be back again next week.